I mean, it might be okay. Can you say something again? Testing, testing, one, two, three. Yeah, it should be fine if you just stay close to it while we record here. <laughs> <laughs> Not that close. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just got back from Buffalo. I was there for a couple of days for, it was my grandmother's 98th birthday. That's unbelievable. So my brother had a party yeah. for her up at his. He's got like this sort of country ranch home where uh, he has these like family parties and all the kids come. He rent, rented like a giant bouncy house and there's a zip line and tractors to play on and stuff. It's pretty fun. That's awesome. Grandma, uh, yeah. Grandma go down the zip line? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> But she's still walking around pretty good and cognitively pretty good. She like yeah. you'll have to remind her who people are, but once you remind her, she's she remembers you, you know. Does she like, drink juice? Big... Um I'm not sure, but <laughs> so her so my grandfather, her husband, also lived he lived till he was ninety seven. Wow. And one thing I can say about them is they we'd go visit them. They lived out in the countryside of like up uh, Western New York, we used to go visit them and they were always growing their own fruits and vegetables mm. and sort of eating off the land, you know? Um, and they're always super active. They're out in the gardens and gardening and my grandpa would be chopping down trees and like, they're just really healthy people. And I think that probably has something to do that. Like my, my grandfather's mind kind of went before his body did, you know, he was just really... Mm. He was hanging on for so long and now my grandma's 98 and she's totally healthy <laughs> it's really crazy i, I remember my awesome. uh my grandfather was kind of going downhill at one point maybe he was 96 or something and like my, my grandmother was like you know i just want to take him off his meds and um just kind of let him live out his last days you know and then Took him off his meds and he got better for like another two years. <laughs> He's like, wow. He was up because once they start putting you on all those meds, it's like some of the meds are to counteract the side effects of other meds. And pretty soon, and this whole cocktail of stuff. Mm. Yeah. And then they took him off and he actually got better um, and had more energy and was like more with it and stuff. Yeah. But, and uh, you know, the first processed foods. You know what the first processed food was? It's a trivia question. Uh, Corn? Well, can you give us a hint? Is it a liquid so, or a so, solid? Okay, so when I say <laughs> processed food, I mean like packaged, mass-produced food. Chocolate um, bar? What? I'm going with corn. Chocolate bar? It was M&M's. Was the was first it? like mass-produced... Uh, packaged food, and they they made it for the soldiers in. What was it? M and M's. Oh yeah, oh, I was close. You got I said it, Ari. Bar. You said chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I said chocolate bar. You know. That's I'm giving and, it and to it you, Ari. Like, close. And the close. Uh, the logic behind it was like <clears throat> the candy coated shell would allow the M and M's not to melt in the soldier's pocket. Mm. You know, like melt in your mouth, not in your hands. So, mm. and that wasn't until. When was that? Hold on. Let me look this up. 
Well, I don't even think that is, that's so dumb because the second you hold an M&M in your hand, the color melts all over your hand. (laughs) Doesn't that happen to you? Total scam, right? What a scam. Um, So anyway, so that wasn't until the 1940s. So before that, there were like canned foods and jarred foods and stuff, but they weren't mass produced on a national scale. At least that's my understanding. So my grandma was born in 1927, I think. So uh, the processed foods weren't even a thing until she was an adult, you know, before they were popular. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> they, they had a lot of other stuff, though, that would cause some issues, though, I think. Yeah, like, yeah There was a sure. lot of... I love seeing those old pictures of like car seats, you know, <laughs> when cars first came around, it's like a, one of those plastic lawn chairs just sitting in a back seat. Oh yeah. Just, like just a tie bench. them up like a tie down and yeah. Having babies sleep in drawers and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of other dangers, you know, than processed foods. So. Oh yeah, like, for sure. But I, <laughs> I guess I, I'm just trying to make the point that, you know, I, I think my grandpa's are so healthy. And yeah. live such a long life. And I think a lot of it just has to do with eating natural foods and foods they grew themselves and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or they just have really good genes. I, mm-hmm. I know there's, well, wasn't there some lady that lived to 122 years old and she was like smoking and drinking every day? <laughs> yeah. I like the ones where they're so like, who knows? What's, what's the secret? You know, a shot of whiskey a day. Or yeah, something. those are my favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah! <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's nothing to do with that, and they just have good genes. But I don't know. Maybe we'll it's that she that she practiced organic farming, Charlie. I know that's what I'm saying. You know. Hey, what a Which nice is a lead great, in. What a great segue to our episode today. <laughs> All right, let, let me go ahead and get started here. Where's my song? Serve that one up on a platter for you. Nice. <laughs> Man, you should take my job as the host here. Right. Better than I am. <laughs> What's up, my juice, 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 lovers, lovers, lovers. Welcome to Good Nature Radio, radio, radio. This is your host, Charlie Wetlover. Join my two, the two top juice business consultants in the world, Chef Ari Sexton and Olivia Esquivel. They're also the superstar instructors on the Good Nature School of Juice. Use code GN Radio for $100 off any course. I've been seeing some good feedback on the Facebook group about your courses. People really seem to like them. Very happy to see that. Good Nature Radio is a weekly Friday podcast. Happy Friday, everybody, where the juicing industry comes to get help with starting and growing a juice business. Um, if you want to get a free consultation or leave us a message, you can do that at goodnature.com slash radio. 
joining on the discussion on the Good Nature Juicing Facebook group. Now up to 4,300 members. Unbelievable. And of course, you can shop in bulk on the Good Nature Juice Bar Marketplace, goodnature.com. Uh, before we get into everything about being organic and organic certification, I want to say uh, someone pointed out I need to make a correction. On the last episode, I was going off about vitamin C, citric acid, but it's not citric acid. Vitamin C is ascorbic acid. I made that mistake, and I kept saying citric over and over and over. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I've I've done that a couple times. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> I, was, I don't know if it's a funny story, but uh, when my wife was pregnant, the doctor was like, oh, make sure you're getting vitamin C. And I had ascorbic acid uh, from, like, cooking and stuff. I was like, oh, we'll just take a spoonful of that and mix it in. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't vitamin C, so. <laughs> Wait, no, ascorbic acid is vitamin C. Oh, I, I meant citric acid. Oh, my <laughs> God, you just did it again. <laughs> I do it People so People are going to think we're idiots. Come oh. on, Ari. Get it together, guys. Citric acid. <laughs> I know. I should have okay. been given ascorbic acid. Yes. Yeah, it so, tastes the same. <laughs> you know, the word citric, ascorb, as, ascorbic, it's kind of got the same ascorbic. letters in a different order. You know what I mean? It's an easy mistake to make. Um, but thank you for... Well, maybe maybe it's because you, you're thinking like citrus when you're saying citric. Yeah. You exactly. know, like vitamin C, you know citrus. Sound, I think that's for what sure. it is. Because we were talking yeah. about adding citrus right. to totally. balance out the pH and then... Talking about, yeah, sorbic. Yeah, yeah. It was very, can get confusing. Anyway, just want to point that correction out. Um, and this, and correct what I just said, too. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll do that correction on the next episode. We'll right. Okay. Charlie, play the we song again. We know what again. we're talking about, people. We are the experts here, okay? If you argue with us, you're arguing with science. Oh, my All God. Right. So today we have a great episode. We're going to be doing everything about organic, uh, deciding if it's worth it to be a 100% organic juice bar. If you want to make that step and market yourself that way and commit to that, talk about the pros and cons. We'll talk about sort of labeling laws. Ari, that will be your segment. You'll have to tell us all about what you're allowed to say on labels, what you're not, if you're not organic certified, et cetera. Um, also there's like mostly organic versus hundred percent organic versus includes organic ingredients, that kind of stuff. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then finally the process, like how do you go from saying you want to be organic certified to actually being able to put that label on your product and you know, sort of what that all entails. So we've got a lot of good stuff here today. Let's go ahead and get yeah. started. Uh, oh, one other note. Glass bottles has have glass bottles are arriving in our warehouse this week. We'll be packing them up into cases and having them for sale. Either by the time this episode comes out or shortly following. So anyone listening, head over to the Good Nature Marketplace and look for our new glass bottles coming soon. They're awesome, super premium milk bottles. And they have a nice sort of like shape to them, which is easy to hold, which I really like better than stand pack, in my opinion. Um, super excited about that. Very competitive pricing, cheaper than you can buy these bottles anywhere else on the internet. Big deal. It's a big, 
big deal. So very excited about awesome. that. Yeah. Um, we'll have six packs and 24 packs of 12 ounce and 16 ounce. They'll come with caps to flat rate shipping. Super easy to understand. No surprises there. And, um, also have pallets of bottles for the people like Olivia who sell like, you know, hundred thousand bottles of juice a day. So it'd be great. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Uh, let's first talk about pros and cons. Um, Olivia, I guess I want to start with you first. I, I know this is something you've yeah. thought about a lot and you're not a hundred percent organic, right? Your juice bar. I'm not, no. Um, right, but it's something you know, you've I've, considered, mm-hmm. decided mm-hmm. against, so let's talk about that a bit. Like, why Why not? Yeah, so, you know, <clears throat> when I first started out, um, I think, like, all of us, that was really what I wanted and something that I was, at that time, thinking I was willing to die on the sword for. And, you know, I opened Southern Press Juicery in 2015, so <clears throat> the economy was a very different time. Food cost was very different then than it is now. Um, and in my opinion, it was a lot more attainable um, and favorable in 2015 than in the current climate, looking at food costs for all organic. Um, but even then, it was really difficult for me to find everything I needed organically. So that was sort of the thing that was that was hard for me, was saying we were all organic, but then sourcing things, um, you know, that were coming from other countries that were difficult to find all organic all year round. So that sort of started the conversation of like, well, wait, this is weird. Like we say we're all organic, but there's a couple of things that we literally can't source organic. So, okay. So we'll just get it like sustainably. Right. And we'll keep it in that realm. But it was definitely something that I, that I wanted to maintain. And it's something that I would love to get back to um, if the numbers (laughs) work out for me. But right now, if I'm being totally honest, it's, it's just not attainable for me from a food cost standpoint. Um, and, and I've been working with Chef Ari um, on my menu to see like, you know, how I can get my food costs down. That's something we should constantly be looking at. Like don't ever just get a food cost and stick with it and not continue to revisit that. But um, for me, it just became really hard. And then we started doing this well the juices are organic, but not all the smoothies are. And then it just started to become really dicey. And um, I had organic printed um, on a vinyl sticker in my store. And I actually, I I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I actually got called out on it. Um, And I think it was Department of Ag. Must've been, right, Jeff? Is that who would have come after me? (laughs) Department of Ag. Depends, Depends on the state, right? How funded they are. Yeah. yeah. In most places it, it is. I think it was the Department of Ag. Um, they basically reached out to me and they were like, hey, we've got a call that from, you know, an anonymous person that says that you're claiming to be all organic and that maybe you aren't. Um, and so I had to go through this very treacherous several months of paperwork of having to show them that actually everything at that time that I was sourcing was organic. And so I had to pull like all of my paper trail from all of my vendors and all of my invoices and um, show them that we were organic. And so then I learned that actually it was okay for me to say that we were organic um, and not be certified organic if we were 
you know, if we could show the paper trail and it was in that four walls, the moment that I said that it was certified or I was serving it outside of my four walls, then it sort of became a little bit of a different story. But at that point, I was like, you know what? I, everything in here isn't organic. So I took it down off the wall and, um, you know, we continue to play that game of, you know, dirty dozen, what is organic, what isn't organic, what can we comfortably um, pay for? And so right now we're not all organic. Um, you know, it's just a numbers game for me at the end of the day. But I think it's a pipe dream for all juice bars to be all organic in a glass bottle and sell for $6.50. But I mean, if we're being really honest with ourselves, that's really, really difficult to do. Um, so, you know, I just try to do as best of a business as I can and keep healthy numbers. And um, it, to me, it's more important in my mind to support local farmers. So, you know, I get my watermelons locally. I get a lot of my um, herbs locally, apples, um, you know, things like that, that I can to, I'd rather get those from my local farmers than buy organic from California or organic from Mexico. Like to me, that just, what's the point of buying organic from Mexico if it's flying all the way and it's creating all of this like carbon situation and they're coming and they're smaller and I have to buy double of it and all of a sudden I can't afford it to even pay my associates. So for me, it's just a numbers game and it's more important for me to support local than it is to be organic um, personally. That yeah. That's something it, I've it, been hearing for years and years is like, you know, mm. Especially if you go out west, there's tons of organic farmers around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like California's probably got the most access to organic ingredients, but these juice bars serving local organic produce, like, look, it's just too difficult to go through the process of becoming yep. organic certified. A lot of these little growers aren't organic certified, so you can't even use them as suppliers then. So because a whole chain has to be certified then if you start um, certifying, so. That's been a challenge ever since the beginning. Yeah, there's, and there's a lot of pros and cons. So, I I went through the process of becoming certified, uh, nine maybe almost ten years ago actually. You know where there wasn't a lot of information out there, so I definitely made a lot of mistakes, and it took me a very long time. I remember our Department of Agriculture when I was in Vegas, Department of Ag for Nevada or Clark County was the one that did the certification at the time. Uh, it changes from county to county. Some places, they're not funded enough, so they'll outsource it to a certifier. Uh, but going through that entire process, you, you have to be extremely passionate about it because there's going to be tons of challenges that come along the way. You know, in terms of like pros and cons, uh, your juice recipes they need to be pretty standard or basic in flavor. You know, it's it's tough to have all these very unique ingredients to be able to add to a seasonal blend or, you know, it, it's got to be very middle of the road ingredients that you use. You know, nothing too exotic for your region is extremely important because you can't just source organic product from New York or Texas or anywhere in the world you have to have specific farms during your initial application that you'll be using that are certified organic and you can't just use any organic farm that they're certified. You know, you also have to have uh, a purveyor that is an organic handler 
or certified organic handler, which is important, which not a lot of people realize. Uh, there's not a lot out there. There's uh, UNFI, I believe, is a larger brand that is, but uh, you can't just order organic product and and think you'll be certified. You got to get all your ducks in a row. It's it's really kind of challenging. The traceability piece is huge as well, but in terms of pros and cons, the flavors they got to be extremely uh, basic, standard, middle of the road for not just sourcing. But also, you have to use the same amount in each recipe throughout the entire year. You know, you can't adjust when, like, ginger's getting spicier or more mild. You can't fluctuate those, the amount of ginger in each recipe. You have to stick with it the same throughout the entire year. You know, so there's, there's a lot of why, things why you got to consider so strict, before jumping Why are in. they so strict about that, about not burying the ingredients? Well, the biggest thing is the validation process, you know? So you, when you're certified organic, you're going to get audited once a year. Maybe if, if someone questions your operation, you might get audited a, a multiple times, but basically you have an auditor comes to your operation and he's just validating the whole process. So he'll spend the entire day with you, walk where the produce is receiving, who's sending it how you're using it. Then he's going to take all your recipes. You have to have your recipes down by weight, exactly how much go into each bottle of juice. You got to go ahead and uh, prove who you're ordering the product from, show him your, your POs or invoices from the purveyors. Uh, he's got to match up your sales, pull all your sales for that particular product. So he's just gathering data the whole day. And basically he goes home and then he starts examine the data, make sure everything matches up. So it's kind of a, a week-long audit. You know, he's just gathering information that first day and then going home and kind of digesting everything, making sure nothing sticks out. out so, of the so, so the reason you're not allowed to vary the weight in a particular recipe is because they need to make sure it matches up with what you're buying, right? So you're not like sneaking yeah. some other carrots in there that you bought at Costco or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. They want to see, yeah. okay, you got this much ginger... You needed to have 100 pounds of ginger to make this amount that you said you had to match up with the sales, to match up with the POs, and making sure there's no funny business going on, you know, like importing some domestic or conventional produce and, and throwing that in there to save some costs. Well, Chef, that's really hard to do. How do they handle that when, you know, like, for instance, I had a recipe this week. I was short on pears, right? On one of my green juices, I was short on pears, but there was also, it was a green juice, but there was also cucumber in it. So I said, pull back on the pears and add more cucumbers to accommodate for the yield. I, I mean, like, how do they handle that when you're, when there's a yeah. shortage of something? Like when you order organic pears and then the freaking warehouse doesn't have it. And so you just, you get shorted on that drop. Yeah. No, it's, the stress you know, level like, is always it's, there. It's crazy. You know, like, it's. I, I don't think there was ever a time where we weren't preparing for a short on a certain yeah. item, like throughout the entire year. So right. basically, you'll have your, your menu, your ingredients. I would recommend probably having two or three different farms that could provide one single product. <coughs> and it's like the purveyors, they're working overtime for you because they're trying to give you a heads up like, oh, 
in in a week we're going to be short on granny smith apples we'll stock up a little bit to try to get us until they they get them back in in stock and it, that that's a constant struggle for sure it never ends <laughs> for sure i just yeah yeah it's frustrating to be trying to do the right thing. And it's like the harder you try to do the right thing, the harder it is to do the right thing. Like it's just easier to do the wrong thing. Well, you know what I mean? The, the thing that was most frustrating going through the process is, uh, you know, going through all that work, doing uh, the extra work, you know, to get that emblem, the USDA certified organic. And then uh, a juice bar opens up down the road and just will be like, oh, we use all organic, you know, and the average consumer doesn't really know the difference in a lot of cases, you know, and they could be using certified organic pro uh, product, but it's, it's kind of like the, the same thing yeah. almost, you know, it was kind of, it was it, a little it frustrating. It seems like the ones that, seems like mm -hmm. the ones that commit to certified end up having to use just the massive national distributors mm -hmm. yeah. and just pick, like Ari said, some ingredients and not get too creative. They end up buying from Dole and um, mm -hmm. the major produce distributors because they're the only ones that have consistent supply of organic stuff. So then, I don't know, you really can't support local or even regional, you know, at that point. I mean, we, we saw Clean Juice re recently... Sorry, Clean Juice recently switched to Co-Packer, probably because of the challenge. You know, they they were the first certified organic franchise, and then mm -hmm. trying imagine trying to make organic juice with the same recipes all across the U.S. all the time. They eventually gave up and just went to a Co-Packer. Now all their stuff's just HPP. You know, it's just uh, so difficult. Yeah, that was a huge. Uh, undertaking to be able to do that you know like the logistics are insane uh, but i mean the the demographic needs to support it especially you know if if they're familiar with it and that's what they seek out it might be worthwhile uh but it's it's tough to do and especially you got to think about too like olivia mentioned how important is local produce compared to certified organic I think if I went to do a juice bar and it said certified organic, that'd be one thing. Or if I went to another juice bar and it said, we're using beets from this farm, we're using pears from this farm, and it's all local farms, I think that might even have a bigger impact on my thought process than, you know, certified organic. But that's yeah. my opinion. And, you know, your demographic will definitely determine that for sure. I also know a lot of juice bars sort of misrepresent. They'll say 100% organic, but then when I'm talking to them one-on-one, -on -one, they'll be like, oh yeah, I mean, sometimes if we can't get organic lemons, we'll use conventional, whatever. It's like, okay, so you're just lying to everybody then. <laughs> well, this, <laughs> because if, this happens all if, the time. This, Yeah, go ahead, Charlie, sorry. No, I, I mean, it, and then you're like, all right, well, if you're willing to sort of do that with one ingredient, what's to stop you from just doing that once organic gets expensive you're like oh this week we'll just use conventional and pretty soon they're just sort of not even using that much organic anymore you know yeah i mean that's exactly what happened to me and i'll tell you that, that i can't tell you how many times a week i hear that from clients or 
you know, um, even if they're not clients, just people that are calling in for their free 30 minutes with me, I'll say, I always like do a rundown, like, okay, like what machine are you on? And what are your daily sales look like? What size bottle are you in? All, you know, glass or plastic, organic or not. And nine times out of 10, they're like, oh, all organic, all organic. And then like, you yeah. know, 10 or 15 minutes down the conversation, I'll be like, okay, well, you know, share with me your prices. Like, what are you paying for this? What are you paying for that? Oh, well, gosh, your price on, you know, lemons look really good. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, those actually aren't organic. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. You know, like, so let's, and, and it's not that I'm shaming them. I mean, I tell them right off the bat, listen, I'm, I'm not all organic at all. So, um, you know, don't be embarrassed to tell me that you're not organic. And then it's always, well, we started all organic and then we couldn't find this. Yeah. And then this is the most popular recipe. And so I don't think it's necessarily, you know, that they're wanting to lie or that that's really their goal. They just, it just happens. Like, you know, you have this pipe dream of what you want this juice bar to be. And then reality sits in and you're like, holy crap, I can't afford that, you know, or I couldn't source that. Um, and, and then you're in so deep, you're like, what do I do? Like now I've branded myself as organic and now I'm not all organic. And I'll tell you one thing I hear all the time that cracks me up is they'll say, well, Olivia, I really want to brand it as like our juices are organic, but our smoothies are not. And I'm like, oh why would you do that? Like, <laughs> like what you can't, you can't do that. Like we're going to pick one or the other, you know, like either we're going to say that we're all organic and we're going to be all organic, or we're not going to say that anymore because and we'll focus on local or we'll focus on plant-based or we'll focus on something else. Because for me as a consumer, if I walk in and you say to me, all of our juice is organic, all of our smoothies is not, even though <laughs> I don't eat all organic, I'm going to go and only buy juices. I'm never going to buy a bowl because you just basically downgraded the bowls in comparison to the juices, right? Like you just said, oh, my yeah. smoothies and bowls aren't as, aren't as high caliber as our juices. Like just in yeah. a consumer mindset, you know? It's it's hysterical. And so I, I think that really like if you're not if you can't afford to be all organic or you're having trouble sourcing from a marketing or branding perspective, I would really focus on the things that you can assure that you are 100 percent of the time plant based, vegan, raw, cold pressed. Like those are all great buzzwords to use, you know, local like I, I really love it. There's a local shop, um, a local sort of grocery store in our town and. Um, they used to sell Southern Press Juicery before Department of Ag came in a couple of months ago. Um, but what they do is they have a little picture of each farmer next to, and you see Whole Foods start to do this with their regional products. They right. went from like supporting small to now they call it regional because um, whatever. But they'll have like a little picture and a blurb of their local farmer and where that produce came from. And I think you should just really lean into that really hard. Like if it's your apples or it's, pumpkin season or it's watermelon season and that's what you're featuring on your menu then have a little picture or have a little story of like for me i get my watermelons from bradford farms just down the street you know and so in sort of really talking about that in your emails that are going out on your social media like to me that's way more important as a consumer um knowing that i'm shopping local i'm eating local and that my things are coming from the town around me um is more important than organic personally also, what's really important is if you're doing organic and you're not certified organic, have that traceability piece, you know, mm -hmm. in place when you're questioned on mm -hmm. it. You know, all organic cases of produce will have a lot number mm -hmm. on it. And that's where they track it back to what farm it comes from. Have something in place where it matches up with your 
your recipes, you're able to jot down that lot number system. So someone asks for it, you're able to track that back. You know, and so provide that let's, information let's where talk, you're getting let's that stuff. Talk about that a little bit. What are the FDA or USDA guidelines about calling it organic without being certified? You're allowed to do that, right? As a juice bar? Yeah. Uh, there's, you're going to get called out on it, like uh, Olivia mentioned, mm-hmm. but there's very little regulations for throwing organic on there for your operation. You know, it's, it's something where like you'll get away with it for however long until someone actually mentions it. Mm-hmm. Cause. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, I notice even within the certified realm, there's even different certifications. There's a hundred percent organic. There's made with organic ingredients. Mm-hmm. And then just organic. Like, what's the difference between 100% organic and organic? Yeah. There's, uh, there's different levels of organic. I believe there's two major levels where it's like 95% organic and then 100% organic. It was mm. kind of funny. There was uh, So 100% organic, you get that green emblem. Mm-hmm. The USDA, like not a lot of people know this. And if you're like 95%, you could use uh, the black emblem and <laughs> did not know that. i think the first operation we did we were like oh the black looks better so we actually took the lower tier oh. certification just because it looked better on the bottles even though we qualified for the 100 percent. jesus <laughs> but no one even but that's something you've got to think about in the juice yeah. industry is like when yeah. you're printing your labels you want to have a one color label i can't I mean, all the time they'll hire these graphic designers instead of mm-hmm. going with us that, you know, we like, for instance, my designer and I, we produce logos and, and labels for a lot of good nature clients. And you can do that through good nature consulting, but all the time they'll come to me and show me a like three color label. And I'm like, you can't, you can't, you can't print that. This is going to cost you $1.40 a label. So yeah. like, that's something to consider when you're working with um, an expert in the industry is like right off the bat, I would have told you like, why are you paying for this higher certification? We're going to print this in black. Yeah. Go for the lower certification because the green Ooh. isn't even going to matter. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, cause you're not going to, you're not yeah. going to print a, a full color label, even if you just have one little bit of color on it and it's the green label, it's the green organic certification on the bottom of the label and the rest of it is black or white. You're still going to have to pay for a full color label. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Ari. Well, I'm glad you went with black. Yeah. Hey, I mean, your better. labels are cheaper. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but those I've, are the I things have... that it's like, you know, it's not just one simple answer. Yeah. I've also seen menus at juice bars and restaurants where they say, they just tell you flat out, we try to be organic as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Some ingredients are not organic depending on availability. It's totally fine. You know, I think you should just be honest yeah. with your customers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if that's truthful. Yeah, you know. I mean, if if it's important to use a founder to be organic, but you can't be organic in everything, just say that, you know, just let mm-hmm. people know so they can make their own decision. If they care more about organic than they do about something handmade locally, then they can go to the grocery store and buy suja or something. Um, if that's really what they care about more than anything else. But when really pressed, I think most people are fine with, uh, like even, even if they buy organic things, if you say, Hey, we try to be organic as much as possible, that's probably enough for them as far as marketing goes. And then the people that are only like, no, I only 
consume organic, well, then they can go buy HPP juice at the grocery store or go to a clean juice or something because it's, I mean, are there even any 100% certified organic juice bars? I'm trying to think if I've ever been to one where they're making the juice fresh. I mean, maybe Erewhon Market's in L.A., Mm. But they charge like, you know, fourteen, fifteen dollars for a nut milk. You know, it, it's and, expensive process. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. rare too. I remember sitting in on all the certified organic meetings and stuff, and it would be a huge group of people, and basically it's all farmers, you know, mm-hmm. and, and like we were the only ones that were doing juice, raw juice, and uh, yeah, I mean they. It it was kind of a waste every meeting we went to because they were talking about uh, farming processes and stuff, and it had nothing to do with us. But mm-hmm. we just had to sit in on them and it's tough. I I definitely don't want to deter anyone from going through that process, but I'm just let them know it's a commitment, you know. And if if they need help, I mean, there's there's a lot of people. I I could help you out, you know, talk about it if you ever wanted. Uh, but there's a lot of operations that. You know, that's what they do. They help you get approved for that process. So, But just to be clear, Chef, that's if you want to be certified organic. Yeah. Versus <laughs> just being organic. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you did want to add that traceability piece, that's something we can help you out with too as well. Right. And not actually get that certification. Right. But either way, we can help you out. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Ari, let's talk a bit about... A- the certification process. Mm-hmm. Um, certification agencies versus USDA. And I'm sure you're going to say it varies by region, but what does that process gen- generally look like? How long does it take? What are the costs associated yeah. with it, et cetera? So it's, it's all about that application. You know, there's, there's an application for the becoming certified organic, and that's going to take up uh, basically your entire time to uh submit like to actually start that process uh when i first did it it was we had the department of agriculture uh we went through them filled out the application and then next uh couple years later when we had to renew it they actually uh were defunded for that process so they're like you got to go and find a third party certifier you know and and there's a bunch out there Basically, that they'll do the verification, the audit, review your application, and approve the process. You know, so it's away from the Department of Agriculture. Uh, we went through that list, and there was about twenty, and one would accept our previous application, so we didn't have to write a new one. So we went with them. Uh, and honestly, the best one, in my personal experience of uh, working with a lot of different third-party certifiers is uh, CCOF. I mean, they're, they're kind of the biggest ones out there. Uh, California Certified Organic Farmers. And they even have uh, consultants. They'll do the audit as well. Uh, but they can help you out throughout the entire process as well as provide the application and help you fill out that application. So it's, it's not, I mean, in terms of expense, it's it's nothing too crazy. It's probably uh, a few hundred bucks to submit that application. Uh, the expense really comes in on sourcing the products, getting the produce, 
you know, paying for that audit. That's where it usually comes in. So the application is not too bad in, in terms of everything else. But what is the total cost through the audit and everything do you think would be a reasonable budget? I'd say to submit an application, you could probably, last time I did it was 10 years ago. And I would say it was probably around uh, a little under a thousand. Oh, that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've reached out to CCO. I have just about a couple of basic questions about mechanic certification. They're usually pretty responsive and um, definitely seem like they have pretty good customer service. Yeah, like I heard back sure. within a day, I think. I just like emailed them and asked them if Spirulina can be organic certified, and they got back to me the same day. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've reached out to them for a few things. It, I mean, also, not to get back on another challenge is... Uh, the products you use to clean, you know, that's, that's kind of a challenge as well. I, I'd say the, one of the biggest challenges we had was not only the certified organic, we also had to do a hassle plan for transporting raw juice locally. We were allowed to do that with a HACCP. So we had to get the health department, department of ag at the time to agree on our HACCP plan, you know, which was kind of a, a weird situation that was a, a lot more challenging than it should have been but basically the local health department or inspection agency they wanted your product to be as safe as possible department of ag wanted to make sure there was no uh, you were using the proper products to clean and wash the produce and wash the equipment and a lot of times we had to add stuff like checking uh the residuals of a cleaner on equipment and then the local inspection agency would say why is that even in there you know get that out of mm. there but for the organic certification they wanted it in there so that took a while because we had to get both departments to agree on an entire hassle plan so that that is kind of a challenge as well <laughs> so i guess in summary um being organic certified is pretty hard. <laughs> if you're passionate not... about it, do it. <laughs> but even if you're passionate about it, you can just be organic without being certified, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's my point, is that I think in-house, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, if you, if you can show Department of Ag that you're, you know, your POs and that you're sourcing organic or certified, I don't know if they need to see certified organic or just organic. I wasn't claiming that I was certified organic. I only had literally a vinyl on the wall that said fresh and organic. And I had to show all of my POs for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But from what I understood at the end of it all, that was still okay. Like Mm -hmm. maybe it was because I was able to show that everything I was using at that time was certified organic. um, But I knew that that wasn't going to be the case for the future because it was just starting to become too hard to maintain. So I just took it down because I was like, well, this took me six months of back and forth emails, um, you know, and I know it's not going to be something I'm able to maintain. So just take that down. And I think I put like fresh and plant-based or, you know, or something like that. Um, but I, I do think that if you're serving organic, um, you know, that's something you should talk about in your branding. Um, and I think if you're supporting local, that's something you should talk about in your branding. I don't think that if, some of the store 
like I said, like if the smoothie bar is not organic, but the juices are, I wouldn't necessarily differentiate between the two that strictly. I think I would do what Charlie is suggesting and say, look, um, organic as much as possible. And that sort of covers you on both bases. Personally, I think that's what I would do from a branding perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It definitely could be, it could be, you could have something certified organic and Mm -hmm. not worry about it. I get that question a lot. Like, Oh, I, I want my juice certified organic, but not my grab and go items. And that's totally okay as well. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not like a food allergy or you just want to make sure you have your process in place. Yeah. I I feel like the organic certification is really set up more for CPG products, like stuff on a grocery Mm -hmm. store shelf, you know, and not, not so much for a hospitality business, like a juice bar or restaurant. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's, I think that's where some of the disconnect is, is they sort of have it set up for a different market, you know? So that's why it's challenging for little mom and pop shops to do it. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, I hope that everybody has a great Friday and don't forget to join the Facebook group to keep the discussion going. Just search good nature juicing on the Facebook group. And see everybody next week. Hi guys. Peace everybody. See ya. Peace. This week I did it my way. I made lots of juice and now I feel a boost. Baby say, oh, it's the way I make my juice. Pressing fruits and roots. This week I did it my way. Baby say, oh, now let's have some fun. There is nothing greater. Friday's at good nature